Hi, I'm Brian Sullivan in for Melissa Lee, and this is Fast Money on a Big Time Friday. Tonight's trader lineup, Steve Grasso, Bono and Eisen, and Barbara Ann Bernard, CEO of Windcrest Capital, and it's a big show tonight on Fast. J&J delivering long-awaited results on its single-dose COVID vaccine. Will this be the game-changer that markets? Humanity has been looking for Mr. Bitcoin's wild ride. Elon Musk sending prices soaring to begin the day, but could a blow from Robinhood derail the crypto rally? And the Reddit rebellion keeps its grip right on big Wall Street money. We've got you covered with another bonus hour at 6 p.m. Eastern, dedicated to all the action this week, and the deep impact it is having on the business of short selling, as well as the overall markets. Welcome, everybody. It has been a wild week on the Street of Dreams, and we are going to dive deep into the specifics of this crazy week for stocks. But let us start macro and the big sell-off for your money. The S&P 500 tumbling just under 2% today. The Dow down more than 2%. Today was the first time the Dow has lost more than 2% on a Friday since all the way back in early June of last year. And overall, this was the worst week for the markets since October. Many of the biggest of the big getting just a little bit smaller today. Investors selling what's saleable, maybe to raise cash. Apple losing nearly 4% today, down more than 5% this week. Tesla, Microsoft, Facebook, and others also getting sold off. Perhaps the reason? Smaller traders banding together online, bidding up some of the stocks that big hedge funds are betting will fall. And though this is largely being sold as the little guy taking down big bad hedge funds, Steve Grasso, there is, of course, some of that, but like Most stories, it is not quite that simple because it appears what began as this Reddit rebellion against a few highly shorted stocks now might be infecting other more macro parts of the market that mom and pop are invested in and wondering what the heck is going on. You know, Brian, that's a a great uh, way to put it, because if you look at it, we're talking about a handful of stocks with high short interest and the rest of the market has fallen out of bed. But think about how many people own stocks. Think about the pension funds. Think about the teachers' pension funds. Think about police officers. Think about firemen. Think about the average Joes out there who I consider myself an average Joe. I just happen to be in the market. Think about all those people that have their money that aren't on Wall Street, that aren't making money at a big bank, that are making money in an institution, not a Wall Street institution. They own stocks, too. So I, I have to figure that their pension funds and the way that they are in the market, whether it's a mutual fund or a pension fund, is not top-heavy in GameStop, is not top-heavy in AMC. So this is the average person in America that is probably getting, taking the majority of the brunt of this hit when we see a handful of names create margin calls, or think about this, Brian, if you're a short seller, right? So a hedge fund has shorts, they have longs, and they're hedged. So if you have to take down your short, then you have to sell your long. If you're selling your long, it could be Apple. It could be Facebook. It could be Microsoft. It could be any one of those bulge bracket names because as... Go ahead, Brian. No, no. And again, I'll go back to you, Steve, before we go to Barbara. That's how this is playing out in the broader market. This is why it matters. 
it began as sort of a curious little corner of the market where we're looking at GameStop and AMC and even Blockbuster and BlackBerry and Nokia and these stocks. But to your point, and sort of explain it, Steve, you know, since you are an average Joe in an average Joe way, which is if you're whacking the hedge funds, which, by the way, nobody's feeling sorry for because they all stupidly piled into the same stocks, it appears, with 130 percent short float margin on at least GameStop, if not others. But now to raise money, they may be forced to sell what they can. And also, Steve, I want you to comment on this. And we got to be very careful of how we frame this. Robinhood started limiting orders on a couple of stocks. As we just heard, they're limiting purchases to one share, one share. I mean, what a joke on AMD, Starbucks and others. It is not just these heavily shorted names. This is starting to bubble up as a bigger market story, and one wonders where it goes. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of regulation when it comes to restricting any of this stuff. I, I, don't, I don't think they did anything wrong. I, they use the markets, and, and, and the markets are a speculation process, right? If I buy a stock, I think it's going up. It doesn't matter my reason why I think it's going up. I'm speculative. So I don't think there's a, uh, a real fix that we can look at, Brian. But uh, to regulate whether you're getting in or getting out of these, that's Pandora's box. And you better hope we don't open that up right now. So I don't, I'm not a fan of the regulation, but I do see you, you bring up a great point that the average person is getting hit by uh, their holdings yep. when Apple goes from 144 to 130. Every pension fund, every mutual fund owns Apple. Forget about the hedge funds. All of those own it, and the average Joe gets hurt. Okay, but Barbara Ann, okay, th- this is, and I agree with obviously with what Steve was talking about, but I want to sort of continue this in the broader market story. And again, Need to be very careful here because last night we had Robinhood CEO coming on CNBC and others saying we're fine. Then they go out and they raise capital, a couple hundred million bucks or maybe a billion dollars. And they say they don't need it, just sort of a safety net. Now you've got them limiting order flow on more than 50 stocks. Let's be clear. If this was E-Trade or Schwab or TD or others saying you can only buy one share, but don't worry, we're open. How do you think, Barbara Ann, the market would react? So I agree with Steve. I don't think regulation is right or the answer. Um, They clearly did need capital or they wouldn't have raised a billion dollars overnight. Um, This is really a David and Goliath story and they're risking really upsetting um, David, right? And so that is never a good strategy. In this scenario, I think the hedge funds are the dumb money. Right. Every experienced hedge fund manager knows you do not short a stock with one hundred and thirty eight percent short interest. And you also look at what is the cost of borrowing those shares. In the case of GameStop, it was an annualized one hundred and twenty percent. Well, the maximum you can make on a short is one hundred percent. So let's just do this math in terms of risk and reward, which is what investing is. The retail guy nailed this. So the hedge funds overstate their welcome in these shorts. And you know, all day I've been getting emails as a long short manager telling me my long short fund is done. You know, shorting is dead. And I don't think that's true. Um, 
you know, if you are yeah. a smaller manager, yeah. you can take advantage of sh extraordinary short opportunities. And you find those all the time in companies with, you know, that I ca call debt denial and disruption with reasonable costs of borrow and short interest. Um, and those are extraordinary alpha opportunities. Our shorts are up for the year. But is shorting over for these behemoth billion dollar funds that are crowding into these names? Well, yeah, maybe. And, you know, in terms of risk reward, if you have to short these heavily shorted names, wouldn't be going long vol on these names be better? Long volatility. Yeah, maybe. Bono, OK, um, I talked to a trader earlier about this and here's the irony he said, he said he thought that bizarrely there might be more shorts now going in on GameStop, that you're not running the shorts off. You're running the current shorts off. But if you hate the stock and you think it's going to drop and the price keeps going up, at some point you might have more shorts come in at the top. A, do you believe that that could happen or GameStop will finally be left alone? And do you think that this battle will either continue or even exacerbate next week okay well brian how much time you got pull up a seat because it's going to be a long one um listen two this hours is... man we're going to seven o'clock live brother we're good <laughs> i hear you my man so yeah let me try to let me try to take this down in bite-sized pieces because this is certainly a large meal to try to digest here so first of all what i'm seeing is a risk off risk on posture and and, and let me dive into that what I'm seeing is you're seeing equities pull back, which suggests risk off, as we've seen in prior high vol regimes. But you're seeing outperformance in the most speculative pockets of the market. Right. So it looks like risk off. But when you adjust for things like sharp ratios and probabilities, you're actually taking on more risk, even though the overall market looks like it's pulling back. When I see names like Apple, Facebook, TSM, AMD moving, uh, you know, the percentage moves in those are two thirds, 75 percent of names like Carnival Cruise. Uh, it, it's kind of Royal Caribbean. It, it's absurd to me. Um, and so for me, it's an opportunity. Uh, you know, you, we've both spoke or you've all spoke about pension funds and core holdings. It's an opportunity mm -hmm. for you to add juice to your portfolio because you're now getting into solid companies that have blown out earnings at a discount and you're also dampening volatility in your portfolio because the reason why people are also willing to sell those names is because they don't expect them to have the same volatile moves so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy as far as this gme situation is concerned um for now our, onto our second course you know, what I'll say is, yeah, it would not surprise me if there are also institutions retrenching with their shorts. But and this is where the regulation comes in. That is part of the listed market by design. You've got to disclose what you have. You, it's on the tape. Everyone can see it. But for that, you get anonymity. So I'm with the crew here. It's not for us to step in and say who can and who can't. And it's preposterous yeah. to suggest that we're saving people from themselves. Save people when they're hurting, not when they're making money. No, they, uh, they and, did a sorry, great and, job. And, and, the, the, you know, the, the, the deep bleeping value, as he is known on Reddit. Of course, I can't say the middle name because it's an expletive. They found it out because and that's why Barbara and I said it was stupidly done with GameStop. I mean, you're all supposed to be, you know, Yale educated traders who all are smarter than us. 
But guess what? They stupidly piled into this name at 130. First off, you, you mentioned sharp ratio, Bonwin, so you got to throw a Satoshi in the jargon jar. But I will say this. Where is SIFMA? Where is FINRA? Regulation SHO. And I'm throwing around a lot of acronyms, right? Because naked short selling is supposed to be banned. And this is not purely that, either it was synthetic or whatever. But Steve Grasso, here might be the chilling effect, okay? You get hedge funds that come out and they promote their shorts. Andrew Citron, uh, you know, Andrew Left of Citron Research, you know, what, what, whatever you think of the guy or not, he basically came out and said, I'm out of the short selling business because I'm getting death threats at my house. If you're a hedge fund, you know what you're not going to do ever is tell anybody ever again what you're short. You don't have to anyway, but why would you? You're just going to go away so no one knows. You never had to. You never had to. And it was amazing to me that we would see um, Ackman get on air. And it always I was astonishing to me because you got a free pass and you didn't have to tell anybody. Now everyone tells everybody, and it was, I, I, I applaud them on one side because uh, Ackman never had to tell anybody he was short. It was full disclosure. He told people he was short. But when we look at Citron, I, I don't know if, if you're reading a little too far into that. I think the headline was he's not going to publish any more short reports. I don't think he's just not going to tell you when he is short names. I'm using him as an example. And by user. the way, Steve, just like, just like Ackman, you know, everyone's like, oh, this is little guy versus hedge funds. You all know this, okay? Nobody likes to take down a hedge fund more than another hedge fund. A couple of sharks in the water, one gets right. bit. <laughs> Little blood goes out, and guess what? They're the first ones to go after their own because then yeah. they can maybe take some of that assets. Okay, Ackman got, you know, sort well, you of know, teamed you know, up against by other hedge funds. Right. You know what's always amazing to me, though, Brian, is that a long, short hedge fund, you're always more long than you are short. So you really have to have, you know, the market goes up. It benefits them more than their bets on the short side. So I, I, you, know, you have to have a couple of bet, bets that are outsized of the market. But what the dynamic is going to change, if nothing, if, if this continues to ramp like this, is you won't have hedge funds short as much single stocks and they'll just short through other vehicles, as we've, as we've talked about on the show, but they'll use ETFs to get short the names they want to get short. They won't pound the table on any one given name. Yeah, it's synthetic shorts, Delta One products, whatever it might be they can do. Barbara Ann, I mean, you, you are a hedge fund. Um, how do you think this, does this have a longer term effect on the, quote, regular boring stock market? Or is this just kind of a... A, a, a bizarre, maybe important, but short-term phenomenon. I don't think any of us know how it ends. Like, if you think about the Hunt brothers and how they manipulated the silver prices by stopping managers from being able to buy is how they made that correction, right? So I think that's what people are trying to do now by saying you can't buy more than one share. But this is very different. This is populism. This is tech meets financial markets. We've never had you know, the ability for millions of people to come together in a chat room and manipulate a market. What you did have before was a bunch of guys in, in Greenwich, you know, over a dinner doing the same thing with probably the same AUM collectively, right? So this is what's so interesting and it is unprecedented. I, I don't know what the regulator's gonna do, but um, clearly you should not be able to short 138% of a company. And, you know, and, and the, the thing yeah. that people aren't picking yeah. up here is 
you can't short more than the shares outstanding. What it is is 138% of free float, which means closely held shares were being lent out. Well, at 120% per year, you too would lend out your shares, right? So that was a market. These are free markets. And you know, you can say the price of GameStop at, at 300 is wrong, but there is a market for it because there is someone that has to cover. It's always the right price in the free market, right? So where this settles out, we don't know. Um, but you know, and this is what makes it so interesting for all of us. But what you need to do oh. is learn from oh. this. And, and when you can learn vicariously, it's the best way. And I think the lesson well, is so. stay away from crowded shorts. Well, they found a hole, Barbara Ann. But by the way, you're making me feel my age because I'm old enough. Steve Grasso was probably right there with me. Remember Jonathan Lebed, 1999, Yahoo message boards, Commerce One, CMGI. Yep. I guess I'm not saying we've been there before, but not quite to this scale. Guys, we're going to continue the conversation. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. All right, on deck. It is not just stocks. How some rather insane options activity may also put a little fuel on that fire. Plus, shares of Johnson & Johnson dropping over concern about the vaccine's effectiveness on some of these new COVID strains. That hit the stock. But is that concern overdone? That and more. Fast Money returns. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Well, Johnson & Johnson out with its phase three trial data for its single shot vaccine. Now, there is some concern about its effectiveness on some of the newer strains of COVID. But here is the good news that seemed to have gotten lost. The tests show that J&J's vaccine was 85 percent effective in preventing severe disease four weeks after vaccination in adults. All this coming as the vaccine rollout is really starting to ramp up. 1.6 million doses going into arms yesterday, another 1.6 million today. And if J&J or AstraZeneca or Novavax or more than one were approved, we could see a vaccine boom in the next couple of months. So says our next guest, Michael Yee, biotech analyst at Jeffries. Michael, uh, very welcome. Listen, unfortunately, the vaccine rollout, like pretty much everything else in our lives, has become politicized. But here are the facts, okay? The math, the science. We are the most vaccinated big country in the world, fifth most in terms of per capita, 1.6, 1.6. We're actually on pace to get 100 million doses in arms in, a, in just two months, basically, at, at this level. How would you describe the vaccination? Now states are figuring it out, the vaccination program so far. I think you stated it exactly how I would. I believe the early days that we're talking about here, Brian, are going to have a little bit of hiccups. But as the states are getting some rhythm, as they smooth it out, the logistics get better. And as we have a lot more vaccines coming every week, every month, every quarter, hundreds of millions of vaccines are slated for Moderna and Pfizer. I believe we will have a boom by the summer. You might ask, when are we going to get it? I predict you and I and others get it by the summer. Define boom. Uh, well, if you look at Moderna and Pfizer, those two together are slated to deliver 500 to 600 million doses to the United States alone or 300 million people uh, by the third quarter. So that should cover more than half or of the United States uh, just by the summer. That's a boom. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of mis misunderstanding. And I've been on Twitter saying people are like, well, you don't understand 330 million people. Let's be clear. We're not vaccinating 330 million people. Right. Number one, you got 300 million people that are that are over the age of 16. So you take out the under 16s. Maybe later you do them. 
25 million people have already had it. 25 million people have already been vaccinated. 30% of people say they will never take it no matter what. So the reality is, Michael, do you have a number, 100 million adults, at-risk adults that have to take it or want to take it before we get some baseline of herd immunity at 40 or 50%, even from one dose? That math is right, Brian. If you've got even 150 to 200 million people vaccinated, then you should have all of the vaccinations and that should be done at the pace you described, 1.7 a day, 100 million in 100 days. That all happens by the summer. That's exactly what we're calling for. And I'm not saying that that's exactly the herd immunity number, but if you had half of the eligible people above 16 vaccinated by the summer, Brian, I think we'll be in a very good place. That's some good news. Even one dose is 80% effective as well, certainly. And then, by the way, you're not getting it and you're probably not transmitting it. So the R not falls dramatically. Michael Yee, a little good news on a Friday. We certainly appreciate it, my friend. Thank you very much. All right. Well, on deck, we have got an hour long special on the so-called Reddit rebellion coming your way at 6 p.m. Eastern. We are going to hit on every angle on this big story in a way that makes sense to everyone from market pros to newbies. That's coming up at six. We're not done yet. Final trades are next. All right, time for a final Friday trade. Let's go around the horn. Barbara Ann. Okay, I like Danimer Scientific. This is the most impactful ESG stock money can buy. They make biodegradable plastic. The likes of Walmart. Stocks off 11% today. Great uh, buying off. Bonwin. Core Holdings going on sale. Looking at Microsoft. Steve Grasso. Star Peak Energy, STPK. Brian, the stock on valuation alone is worth about 70 bucks. It closed at 27 today. I call that a buy. 70 to and 27. There you go. All right, guys, thank you. All right, we've got a bonus special hour coming up at 6, but Options Action is next. 